See, the idea is understanding the power of content. Everyone wants to start a blog or write an article, but they don't really know what to do first. Um, there's, I think, like millions and millions of blogs online, but a lot of them aren't really optimized. They don't do enough justice uh, for the company. So the most important thing is to actually kind of understand, uh, firstly, the strategy. So when you're creating content, what, what the purpose is, how you're actually going to put it together, and then which type of content you should be using. Is it right to do video, infographics, audio? You can kind of mix things up and we can have a look at that in a minute. And then kind of for me, most importantly, is repurposing it. So if you're writing a brilliant article, don't just share it and leave it. There's so many ways that you can um, diversify, update it and make it work a lot harder for you. And then I'm actually gonna go into WordPress and show you how I, actually, I do SEO for my own content. So once you create the keywords and you write the content, it's about optimizing that page so that Google can find it. So if you're a small business and you're trying to get brand awareness, you should really um, position your content to allow people to understand your brand, allow them to kind of get a, a taste for what your personality is like, what you can offer. And then you can look at the different goals. So we've got generating leads. So once someone knows about your brand, you could entice them with maybe um, some more information, a white paper, a case study to bring them into your kind of ecosystem. Then once they're a lead, you would look at converting them. So you would give them a reason to join, a reason to sign up. Um, some of these happen organically. Sometimes if someone follows you for a long period of time, they begin to trust you and they'll be actually convert without you having any additional work. And then um, retention is another area. So obviously once they've actually converted, you can allow, you can update them and give them a reason to keep coming back like month after month or year after year. Um, obviously a very important reason is for your SEO. So if you're new, if your website's new, and you're trying to get kind of a global reach or a local reach, you can use different types of content to allow Google to rank you. Uh, we'll look at that in detail in part four. And then also there's, other, there's so many other options for content. So you might create a press release and want to take it out to, the, to media, to local papers. Um, I've actually sent a, a press release to the University of West London explaining what I do. And then uh, I think Gidry shared that with all the incubators, just saying like, Every Friday I'm doing these, these power hours and then the marketing guides come from that and the kind of the value proposition that I've got. So content's not just about enticing customers. It's also telling all of your stakeholders what, like, what you're about and, and what you're looking to do next. So for everything that I do, uh, it's always asking yourself two questions. Will the content achieve the goal that you, you desire? So if you're writing a blog about uh, interior design, is that going to convert leads into customers or is it going to tell people uh, about your general brand? You really need to make sure that each, each piece has a purpose and you kind of understand who you're targeting when you write it. Uh, second thing is what's the value for the audience? Um, I, do, I do marketing. There's millions of marketing resources and I'm, I'm not going to compete against the big ones. I can't, but I want to make it tangible, practical and local as well. So the value that I, that, I try to provide is kind of practical advice for small businesses who I can actually go and see face to face. I'm not going to compete against BuzzSumo, HubSpot, any of the big players. So this I've actually taken from HubSpot. This is kind of what I was talking about where you'd uh, gain awareness from a brand. Then once you gain that awareness, you can get them to evaluate it and kind of understand, start to take interest in your brand. And then when they've taken interest, you can push them down the funnel 
to actually purchase either with a, a demo consultation face to face. A lot of what I do is offering a free one hour marketing consultation. And for me, that's my close. So I might, for example, uh, send out a how to guide, how to set up your website. Then I would show them a demo of how to do it, do it kind of um, step by step. Then once they're warm, I would then consult them and then that would be the close. However, uh, there's also um, different types of content for different parts of the funnel. As I mentioned, you can't just send someone new kind of like a, an invite for a consultation. You have to warm them up through the funnel. So it's thinking about the appropriate types of content for each stage. Um, again, so this is what we're going through, just giving you a couple of examples. Um, for awareness, you can look to do like top tips, how-tos, cheat sheets, little guides, little snippets of information that will kind of spark someone's interest. So if you're selling, say, African oils, you could do a little kind of um, sheet on all of the benefits and the kind of advantages of using those oils over, say, uh, a European one. And then once you get people warm, you could show them a case study of someone who's been using it over the past five years so they can see the benefits or maybe an in-depth product review. Once they're warm and once they're kind of maybe going back to your site, you could then offer them a coupon for 20% off and that will convert them from being a lead to a customer. Yeah, again, the only step I feel that's missing from other models is a retention aspect. So once they're a customer, once they brought from you, that's when you focus most of your marketing to keep them in, in the business. So that will be sending them support material, giving them, I've got a subscriber series where I update my clients on uh, new features with WordPress. Or you could look to create a closed group, so like um, a small community. Um, if any of you are not part of Enterprise Network, that's a community for local small businesses to kind of network and pick up new skills. And I use that as a way to kind of engage with people on an ongoing basis. Um, something I've touched on in another, another um, Power Hours is HubSpot. So if you haven't got a CRM and you haven't got a way to track, uh, it's important to actually set up uh, metrics first so you can monitor these. Um, I'll send you a link afterwards so you can see that in detail, but it's about Google Analytics, Google Search Console, and then a CRM like HubSpot will help you to define these, these kind of audiences. Uh, yeah, just kind of some ideas. Um, <clears throat> It sounds really obvious, but start by doing what you enjoy most. So if you don't like social media, but you like articles or doing short little videos, uh, do what motivates you just so you get that kind of the momentum going and you're not stuck there thinking what to do. I know people over lockdown, they're <clears throat> worried about doing videos because of like uh, being stuck at home, but you need to really kind of break out of your comfort zone a bit, but do what comes naturally to you. Thinking about which channels you should use uh, so you look at your competitors and you kind of work out, are your competitors on LinkedIn? Are they on Facebook, Instagram? Are they doing emails? They're doing video. Try and go where you, obviously go where your competitors are and where your customers are, but also try and find areas where you don't actually have much competition. So for example, I post on Nextdoor and there's like no other marketing agencies and marketing companies promoting events on Nextdoor. So it's, it's kind of new, it's fresh, and I get quite a high conversion from using new channels as well. Um, you've got to think about your time and financial resources. So someone like Azim might weigh up with you how much time you'll invest creating content to the potential benefits. 
Um, I know that each one of these um, power hours takes me about six hours in total, which for me is worth it because I, it's better than spending money on Google ads. It's better than spending money on other networking events or uh, chamber of commerce or other, other kind of um, investments. There's so many um, lead generation investments you can do like FSB, YBC, all of these kind of things, but work out for you what, where you're going to get the best return. And then again, where is the value? Like what, what problem are you solving? Um, <clears throat> from, like for mine, it's marketing and kind of websites and digital. Uh, for some of you, it might be finding a challenge that your customer has and really honing in on that and saying, look, like you're worried about learning, uh, learning new skills uh, for your legal, uh, legal course. Here's exactly what you have to do. You really have to show them why, like where the value is. And then again, um, how are you going to manage it long term? So if you're doing it, say, once a week, twice a week, when your kids go back to school or when the holidays come, how are you going to manage that over a longer period of time? So that's where you'd look at having like a, a content calendar, like an editorial calendar, and even giving yourself breaks for holidays, for Christmas, and also monitoring the responses via HubSpot. Um, <clears throat> I can't stress how important it is to have all the tracking in place before you do this. And then, I don't know if all of you, I'm assuming most of you use social media, but you've also got things like podcasts. You can, you can be on Spotify, you can um, submit to places like Medium or small publications across the country. Um, you can create uh, kind of templates and how-tos. For example, following this, I'm going to create a content calendar and share it with subscribers. So it's a different type of content that's going to kind of complement what I'm doing now. So they're going to get the video, they're going to get the written guide, and they're also going to get the template to go away and do it. So I'm trying to think of a good example. Obviously, Visma is doing about uh, communication. So she might create a blog on communicating across uh, international boundaries. And then she might give you a template or like a, a checklist to take with you when you're doing that work. So it's about combining these different channels and kind of pulling them all together and being a bit creative. So if you're doing a video, consider doing different types of videos, maybe have an interview, have a how to have a guide, have a in the life of, and just kind of make a list of all the possible options you can do and just uh, keep thinking, keep playing around with it. If any of you have got some like content ideas, we can have a look at the end and we can kind of go through ways that you can kind of maximize those. So if you're doing social media posts, are you also posting on blogs or doing other, other forms of content? Um, here's just a couple of ideas. Uh, again, I mentioned HubSpot and Neil Patel. You've got uh, Buzzumo, uh, Blogabout is a good way to find headlines. So if your uh, headline is basically 70% of the value of most articles, because that's the way you're going to get someone's attention, get them to read it. So something like Blogabout will help you to find really strong gripping headlines that are going to draw people in. Uh, you can do competitor research, looking at your marketplace, looking what else is out there. And then basically you can pick the best articles that I use pocket. So I would pocket all of the best articles. I'd read them. I'd see where there's gaps in that content. And I create something that's a bit different um, with me. It's more the practical side, but it's about really looking at the gaps within your competitors work. And then also focus groups and marketing research. So if you've got uh, something like the UWL, you can kind of ask them, get like a soundboard, get people to, to give you ideas of what they're really looking for. 
Um, this is just an example using Neil Patel. Um, I use it a lot for SEO kind of techniques. You've got content ideas. You can type in a keyword and it will give you all of the best uh, ranking articles, which you can go and read. You can see how many times they're shared and by whom. So, and then you can also use that to look at their backlinks, which is something we'll touch on later. But yeah, just, you can, it's a free service. Just pick your, pick your niche, pick your keyword. And you've already got like 20, 30 kind of topics to start with to get you moving. Um, so obviously a lot of people, they'll create an article in their site and they'll say, oh, I'm doing five articles a month and they're all sitting on my website, but, but no one's seeing them. You need to not only share them yourself, but get other people to share them. So this is kind of a, a very basic, this is kind of like the platform I used when I first started. So create an article on the website share the article to like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and use kind of little designs that you create. Like I use Canva to create short images to go with those blog posts. Once you've done that, you can then go and share it on Google Business. If you haven't already got Google, uh, Google Business and Bing, go back and obviously create a profile on there. And then once you've done that, you can go and share it with publishers, share it with um, people who might give you backlinks, people who might want to reference your website. So if you're in a, in a niche, there might be like a, a body or an association or maybe just like a, a local magazine that might be relevant for you. Um, <clears throat> quite important, something that not many people do is actually taking the highlights and then resharing them in future. So these are 45 minutes hour long videos. I can then go back and I can cut out a two minute kind of quick, this is what you do for one topic and share that at a later date. And that means I'm getting almost double the value from my content just by kind of repurposing it and sharing it. Um, so that's kind of the basic, what everyone should really be doing, what you should be thinking about looking, obviously publishers, your Google, your social, and how you can maximize your website. I've actually got um, an overview of what I do for these events. I'm now just going to um, briefly go through some of the steps I take when I'm um, promoting these events. So it's about being uh, integrated. As I said, I did uh, seven years in events and I know the power of kind of content, like you got your seminars, your workshops. So you'd start by announcing the event, creating a basic event copy and an image. Um, I use Canva, as I said, and do it for Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And then I would share that on Eventbrite, put it on Facebook, put it on my own site, and that would be the magnet. That would be the, the core of what you're doing. You then share that on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, your other social media channels. Create a native post, like a well-written, longer article for LinkedIn, just because of the nature of the people that go on there. Um, add it to your Google business and your Bing. It's free to do, and it gives you a nice little place. It gives your content a home on Google itself. Um, try and build up some partners. So as I said, I, meant, I sent my stuff to Geardry. You can look at working at business centers and enterprise hubs and other um, kind of key players in your niche. Uh, then go back to Facebook. So I said um, Enterprise Network, Ealing Freelancers, SME Force for Good. You can go back and share this content. If any of you want, do want to join Enterprise Network, I'm happy to share some of your work. If you've got content, stick it on there and I'll help you to push it out. Um, <clears throat> as you build up followers, as you build up, say, newsletter subscribers, you can send the articles to them and they actually organically can share it for you. I know uh, Zoe, who was one of my co-hosts a few weeks ago, 
she's been making a point of sharing all of my events with her network. And that just really extends the reach. It, get, it gets your content to a, to a wider audience. Um, and again, email to subscribers. So most of you would have got an email today about 11 o'clock just saying, look, here's the event. Um, and it's just a nice way of going back to kind of your warm audience and giving them some, uh, like a touch point. And finally, if you've got any private Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups, you can go in and you can share it to there. So you start with just a piece of copy and there's all these different uh, ways that you can kind of make that work harder for you. Um, when I first started, I was just doing these two and then I realized, oh, sorry, these three. And then I realized there's all of this I was missing out on. So I'm going back and kind of sharing, repurposing on there. Next thing obviously is a live event, which is just about um, bringing people in, doing a bit of networking, bringing them together. And then in this instance, I'm cr I create marketing guides. So you get the YouTube video, the podcast, the presentation, the notes, and the takeaways from speakers, all that come from the one singular piece of content. So that goes on the website. And then something I haven't even uh, started yet is sharing that uh, post the event. So again, taking the highlights, taking little snippets and sharing those on all of your channels again, maybe a month, two, three months in the future. So yeah, rather than just looking at Facebook and your website, there's hunt, like probably about 50 different channels you can consider using. Um, one final thing on that is the idea of um, updating it. So for your SEO, people like content that's about a thousand words, maybe 2000 if you're lucky. But then if you go in every, say, three to six months, you update it and you make it more, more impactful, you give more references, Google will notice that and your, your um, audience will notice it as well. So what they're going to do is push you up higher up the rankings because you're, you're giving fresh content, you're giving content that's hopefully a bit better or more detailed or more useful than what else is out there. Has anyone got uh, questions on basically how to maximize your content? Because that's quite a crucial part of it. It strikes me there's, there's kind of two parts to this because certainly when you put something out, you're being pretty undiscriminating in terms of who you're targeting, if you like, or, or, or maybe you're not. It's the, the, the issue of targeting your message to whom it needs to go to. I can understand in the secondary pieces where you're repurposing content, mm -hmm. you've got a warm audience, as you said, so you're trying to keep them engaged. Mm -hmm. But it's that first bit that strikes me as how do you how do you know that your effort is going in the right direction if you like because you monitor it with hubspot so you can see how many leads event bookings you get from different channels and then say for example something like linkedin where most of them would be cold i would use a different language and create a native post when it goes out to the email subscribers i would be more like kind of friendly and give more of the, the actual details of the of the article because they already know about it. Yep. So you, um, when you, let me just uh, share this. As an example, Google, I, I do, to be honest, just copy and paste, just it's nice to get it out there. These partners, you do an intro, so you'd say to them the value that their, that their network is gonna get from it. Sure. Uh, these are warm, so then you can kind of introduce it just as, an, as more of an update. 
No, I, I, I see where you're coming from. It comes back to what you said right at the beginning. Think through what you're trying to achieve with the content and exactly. then tailor it accordingly. So, sorry, you, you did really cover that. No, it's fine. So, I mean, together, more of an announcement. So, this is kind of saying a promotion for an event. I would like you to come regardless of where you are in the marketing funnel. We would like you to attend. And you kind of just tweak the copy depending on the audience. Obviously, if you're posting to your Facebook business page, it has to be kind of static content. But then if someone engages with you, you can then go in and give them more detail. It also, also, it depends on time as well. Because these things do take time. And you have to weigh up how much time you'd have, uh, depending on the, on the results you're going to get. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to go through their own ideas, we can kind of add maybe add some more or tweak it depending on your audience. So that's, yeah, that's looking at uh, the basics of maximizing your content. And then just a few, I was talking to a, a, a like professional content writer yesterday and it was just about being, uh, staying succinct. So I write, I write too much. I need to cut everything down by about 50%. I think a lot of people, you won't, you'll go around the topic and you'll use extra sentences, extra language you don't necessarily need. So it's about, bring, about honing it in and making it as uh, prompt and punch, uh, punchy as possible. Um, also, using a voice recorder on your phone, if you actually read out what you've written, you'll notice a lot more kind of grammatical issues. You'll notice um, maybe you repeat yourself at certain points or you need to kind of just tidy it up and um, make it a little bit more uh, impactful. Uh, you can also look at asking an impartial person. Mm -hmm. So someone who you might have worked with in the past or someone who's not family or friends to give you some critical feedback. If you ask uh, your partner or one of your ha housemates or your friends, they're obviously going to love it, but I don't think the end users gonna, might have the same feeling. Um, and then we'll look at obviously editorial calendars and social calendars. So for me, an editorial calendar is for long form content. That's more about uh, kind of your your marketing strategy, what what guys, what white papers you're going to promote. Your social calendar is a mix of um, kind of sharing that plus all of those kind of day-to-day -day posts, those little updates, whatever you do to engage your audience. But they are kind of, there's crossovers, but you should always have two um, with editorial being more uh, maybe for a year and calendar and socials being for more the next kind of four to eight weeks. And again, making room for topic information. So if, if there's um, an event coming up or an anniversary or time of the year you need to feature, make sure you leave room in your calendar to, to factor those in. Um, and we'll go back into updating every few months. Um, I can send you some videos on how you should be updating your content. So it's not just adding some more words in, it's about refining what's already there. Um, and then looking at your, your SEO, um, I don't know if any of you were there for Power Hour 7 or 11 that actually went more into detail in SEO. Uh, but what I'm going to do is go and show you on my website how I would optimize it. So this was um, Power Hour 7. It's just based on easy SEO to rank higher on Google. So it's giving people their first kind of insight into what SEO is and how it works. So you can see on the left here, with WordPress, I use something called Rank Math and you get a score out of 100 based on how SEO friendly, how optimized your pages are. So rather, obviously you have to pick keywords and you have to know the purpose of your content, but this just helps you to refine it and make sure that you've covered all your bases. 
Um, every piece of content would have a focus keyword. And then you can go through and make sure that's in your metas, your H1s, your descriptions, and the initial part of your content. You really want to be focusing the title. Uh, one sec. Your title, your snippet, where it gets shared. So this is how it would appear on Google. And you can see I've got it in my title, my link, and my description. And that's, that's a way to kind of get the most from your SEO. Uh, you've also got the alt text. So when you create an image, you should also make sure the image uses those keywords. Any uh, external links, maybe uh, if you're doing external links, make sure they have a no follow and also an open in new window. Um, that just means that people aren't going to lose, basically people aren't going to go from your site to somewhere else and not come back. So when you're creating a link, as long as it's an external link to another resource, you could do add no, add no follow, which means you wouldn't give them SEO credit if you chose to. And then most importantly, open in new window. And that just means you're not going to lose those, those users. Uh, th this one, so 7 and 11 are quite good. If you're new to SEO, again, you've got the video, you've got the audio, and you've got the presentation there. Um, it's just looking at page speed, image optimization, internal, external links, and it's a, a nice kind of quick overview. So here, um, we've done this one. We're just looking at, um, obviously, driving customers to your website. So as I mentioned, um, we did empower our full team. We actually went through everything you need to do to, uh, to encourage people to go to your site and to stay on there. So this is about getting your tracking in place, understanding where your customers are and, where, and how, your, how your competitors are marketing to them. Make sure that all your branding's like on point and professional before it goes out. Then to create a compelling story. So in this case, that's the marketing guides. And then looking at nurturing. So that's about giving them regular updates, putting them into your ecosystem, giving them a reason to like connect with you on a weekly or a monthly basis. And then again, all the way through this funnel, you'd look to monitor your results. Um, I've also got a very, very quick, I think it's like eight minutes that goes through all of that in detail that I can send you if you want. And that's, um, we're actually doing an extended version of this because the feedback from this one was really good. So we're now looking to go in and doing like a, a case study with someone, showing them how they went from setting up their company, how they can build up a story, build up their brand and actually drive people to their site. When you're creating your, your social media and your content, you can use Canva to create those easily without needing Photoshop or graphic design skills. When you're scheduling and you're trying to save time with your content, you can use Hootsuite. That's a nice, easy way to schedule, uh, I think, 30 posts in advance for free. When you're optimizing on Google, there's obviously guides on how to get the most from Google and how to actually rank and try and get to page one. And then again, most importantly, how to build that funnel and how to bring people in. Um, Azim, I don't know if that my explanation helped at all. Is there anything else you saw from there? No, no, it definitely helped. I think my problem is I end up feeling a little bit lost because it's like, well, almost where do I begin? But, but I think actually it's following the advice at the beginning. Actually just think through, what do you want to achieve with this? you know, what are you trying to, to, to actually make happen mm. and then think through the steps. But to be honest, there are so many steps to it mm. that it feels like you can get bogged down in each one. That's um, why this is more of like a reference point. So hopefully I'm going to yeah. be updating the content and then you can come back in six months and it will have like uh, a plan. So you have your own template to follow. So it's more of an overview of what you should be doing kind of long term. Yeah. 
but I know it's uh, the most important thing is starting with stuff that you enjoy. So finding the channel, finding the, the way that you want to express content that you enjoy and then uh, doing everything around that and also trying to work with a few partners as well. If you can yeah. get other people to share the work that you're doing that you enjoy, it's going to go a lot further. Well, I think, I think you're right. Having that kernel of what's, what's important and what people can latch on to is, is, is going to be an important part of it. It's part of the story, if you like. And forgive me, I'm going to put words in your mouth, Mufadzi, but what, what I picked up on was the sustainability, the working with women's groups uh, and giving them an income. And it's like you've given, I mean, not that I use face oils, but you've given me a reason to buy one, in a okay. sense, with that story. Uh, and so, you know, that it's, it's something like that where you've got uh, something to communicate. And Visma, I'm sure you've got something to say on this, but you've got something you need to communicate there and want to get across. And you can build around that. I think part of my difficulty is it's doing that work to begin with to identify what it is you really want to get across. Yes, I want more customers. But actually, I haven't really thought through what type of customer I want, you know, what, what, what's the message I want them to latch on to, right? You know, I can help. It's not actually much good, even if I think I can. You know what I mean? It's, it's doing some of that early work and then some of what you're doing follows through. And I guess I missed some of the earlier power hours where some of that was made clear. Yeah, I mean, um, the full team was kind of the pivotal one. So that's what you're saying about understanding what your customers want and how you can target them. I don't know, uh, sorry, Ziti, you said you're a design company. Do you do any kind of uh, marketing or content, content work? So we're a startup and uh, jewellery business and we design uh, the pieces ourselves and then the jewellery is manufactured ab um, abroad in India. Um, so we're at the very early stages. So we are actually, I have a question to ask about like the whole, your presentation has been uh, very informative and I've really learned a lot, but SEO is just gives anxiety to put it mildly like it's such a huge um area like i presume starting out we'll just like be you know introducing ourselves who we are what what we do mm -hmm. storytelling is going to be a big part of our brand i presume we just don't concentrate on seo starting out because it's a minefield should we just get out there introduce who we are and then as time goes on get involved and do more research on seos um, there's a lot you can do as kind of like a, a one-off. So for example, setting up an account on Google business is for me a priority. Anyone I work with, I'll set that up for them. It takes about an hour, but you have that place on Google. You have a place for people to review you. So every time someone buys from you, you can give them that link to Google business. Uh, you can also do some basic things to your website and then you can leave it and you can forget about it for six months. You can forget about it for a year. But it is important to do those things initially before you get started. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can do that in less than half a day, maybe one, two hours. If I was doing it, maybe three, four, if you're doing it from scratch. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. No worries. And then, yeah, I mean, SEO is kind of a minefield. It's something that you can get as involved as you want to. Um, but it's about how much you're going to get back from it. So weighing up, if you put in 10 hours into SEO, is that worth it in terms of your actual time? Okay. Um, can, I, can I add my question? I want to echo what Azim was saying about where do you start? So a time and time again, I, I 
come across the message that is very important is that before you set off to do anything, you need to decide how you're going to measure your success, mm-hmm. whether what you're doing is, is working. So, and, and I'm a very much of a planner. So I, 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 before, when I was creating my calendar, content calendar, and I was thinking, I wonder what Theo would suggest as a way of what kind of metrics do you use and how do you measure success? So for example, I know that for different stages um, um, of your business, there will be different metrics. But say for example, for me, so I'm, I'm at the moment, I, I'm focusing on top of the funnel. So awareness creation. So what metrics would you suggest? Um, again, I would use, um, your, as I mentioned, Google Analytics and your Google search and HubSpot all of those in tandem just so you can monitor it and then if you're i mean depends are you sending out material are you going to be doing social posts how are you um, yes I, at the beginning mostly it's going to be social posts so and people talk a lot about you know click through rates um uh, all those sort of things so i'm thinking well i probably would <clears throat> would choose as a click through rate so people would land on, on go to my landing page as as a priority for me right now. I I don't want to uh, to worry you, but I don't think social posts mm. will do. You're not going to get a hundred people going to your site from you posting them. No, <laughs> I'm aware of that. Yeah. But if you go onto a group and someone asks a question, mm-hmm. and then you say, "Oh, here, here's you just been helpful. Here's an answer." If you're providing like valuable information, them and everyone else who sees it will also then go to your site. So joining in in other people's conversations. Hundred percent, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's there's mm-hmm. different uh, business groups that I'm part of on Facebook, mm-hmm. and just being helpful and just going, giving those little bits of advice is much more worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want you need to have a presence, and you need to do maybe a weekly post just to show what you're up to, your development. But mm-hmm. I don't believe that's where you're going to get any or many of your customers. Could, I could be wrong in your case, but mm. no, no. Well, I did notice you commented on a post uh, on LinkedIn not so long ago. I don't know exactly when, but I did notice that. So it is, you are getting some visibility. Mm. Yes, I, I got lots of people from India trying to spam me <laughs> as a result. <laughs> a very, uh, a very uh, um, um, I would say, how to say, yeah, all these uh, marketers from India, so they're very um, active. So they they are doing their social listening. So they know. <laughs> yes. I think I get the same. Like every day, I'm getting five, six invites from uh, India that I don't recognise at all. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, one in yeah. You have to kind of weigh up um, if any of them are actually valuable. Narinda, sorry, you've had a lot of experience with setting up companies and working with startups. Is there anything else you can add? Any uh, any recommendations? Now, brilliant, uh, Theo. I think you've covered some uh, some 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 great content, um, and yeah, there's some really useful tools in terms of um, setting up automated posts. I've used Hootsuite and various things in in the past. A lot of that stuff has really advanced quite a lot since I've been using that actively. Um, but I think there's different businesses that are set up for different things. For for example, if you look at a very basic level you know, for one particular business, uh, getting the branding right, getting a website up, uh, first of all, getting some, just getting some uh, content to support offline activity. That's a very starting point. So uh, for the property business, I'm sort of at that point there, 
but for a business for another business which is a health and nutrition business you know there's regular content being developed but not really utilized hmm. so i think there's um you know great set of tools that you've 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 got access to and your experience with so that that's really really useful um but yeah i'm very much far away from being hands-on and active on that um there's some basics that i need to cover just simple things like um branding logos websites supporting uh offline activity and then starting to get a little bit more um uh traction in terms of online activity mm. i'm actually really interested in offline activity because of obviously lockdown and the way that people are moving towards digital i think some people are kind of neglecting it but i think there's still a real strong value in uh, your business cards your posters your face-to-face and i just hope people don't neglect that over the next few mm. months yeah i mean you know if you're actively offline marketing uh, the good old-fashioned mail shot or, or customized letter that goes, the first thing someone's going to do is open that letter and find out whose is from, what are they all about, how credible are they? And that's where branding and your profiles and, and your website uh, needs to reflect that. Definitely. And something I've found out is uh, the Google, Google Business Reviews uh, help. So if someone sees me at a networking event, they then go back and they might end up checking you out. If you have like a strong testimonials, case studies, that's, it's basically closed a lot of jobs, just having those reviews. Like for the property one. Property is different because um, there's certain types of plots of lands, et cetera, which are targeted, which come up through lots of research. And then you go offline to do a little bit of uh, 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 marketing. But obviously, you know, anybody who wants to, to sell a plot of land or a building is going to want to look at well, who, who, who's the company that they're dealing with? What's your what's your credibility? What size are you? Um, it's more from that. And, th- and those transactions are, are going to be, you know, just a handful a year. So, and, you know, they're large transactions, handful a year. But it's all about profile and, and, and branding and being credible. Whereas a nutrition type of business, there'll be lots of, lots of activity, lots of postings, lots of um, products being sold, whether it's products or, or classes or workshops being sold. Yeah, I think nutrition is definitely more active. I'm working with um, a couple of uh, personal trainers and nutritional therapists, and they actually do really well from Instagram shops. Mm. I think especially over lockdown, there was a massive drive of staying fit, staying healthy. And there's, <coughs> they're getting like 10% conversions on their Instagram ads, which is about up from 2-3% before, like before lockdown. Mm. Uh, it depends. I mean, I know um, if you're in, yeah, kind of weight loss, um, Pilates, yoga, they're the kind of ones that have done really well. Mm. Hey, one of the uh, things I'm thinking about is that... Uh, one of the uh, things about marketing is, is matching your USPs to the customer's pain points. I think if you kind of like if you, if you go on, uh, like a Google and search for something, you're not going to necessarily going to search for something's USP because it might be very much out of the box. But you might be looking for something that's more gen- generic. So, what would be a kind of way of uh, getting people directed towards your USPs? Educating them. So again, you start with the how-tos. So for you, you do Excel CRMs. You would start with top five Excel tips. 
you'd educate them you then show them why your training is better than someone else's you then warm them up and then you give them a free consultation but you have to give them a reason to be interested in you and for you that's definitely um kind of how to's quick guides uh some basic formulas on excel for example I've got to get my templates written. <laughs> That's, but that, that, that begs an interesting, it's a bit like Narendra's. The, the way you use some of the stuff that you've just described, Theo, very much depends on the type of activity that you're doing. So mm -hmm. from, from Narendra's point of view, as you say, if you want three or four major transactions in a year, then generally broadcasting probably isn't the right way to find them. Um, but contrasting that with the health business, absolutely, you want people to be finding it because you never know when they're going to, to think, actually, that's what I need. Mm. So you need a, a different kind of awareness, I would think. And, and maybe that's something we all need to think about is where are we on that spectrum and therefore how should we be crafting the journey? Definitely, and that's what was covered in 14 is about understanding where your customers are and how they like to be contacted. So for example, if you're a therapist, you're not going to want to be targeting the potential patients by sending like mass messages. You need to keep it kind of subtle and discreet and quite tasteful. And you, you really do have to understand your audience before you start marketing and going out there. Well, I think most people here that obviously you have a passion for what you do and you probably either are a potential client of your own or you know the sector you're working in. It's really about understanding where your customers are and how and the best way of reaching them. So Adriana, sorry, I forgot you said you were doing dance studios. Is that correct? Yes, I do. I do dance lessons. Normally, I hire I hire a space in a club, and uh, where we run the dance lessons, and then we have a DJs to play after the lessons. Uh, kind of a social party, social event, which uh, everyone are welcome. Not only who do the lessons. Like we open for the first hour as a dance lessons and then following for, as a club. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how, I mean, have you found the market in, a, I guess obviously lockdown is different, but before now, have you been marketing directly via social media? Yes, mainly social media. I have a website, but I reckon most of my clients come through word of mouth or social media or where they see my posts. I do lots of live videos on Facebook and uh, is mainly where I get most of my customers. Okay. Um, however, I have the website and I would like to explore more. One of the reasons I came to this workshop today. And I would like to ask you, because I've seen on the chat we had on the WhatsApp group from the, the hub, Mm -hmm. that most of people recommend um, um, WordPress and I've been using Wix and uh, mm -hmm. I would like to change and I would like your advice on that. <laughs> I have to be careful because I, I personally am not a fan of Wix. I mean, the article I shared was literally the reasons not to use Wix, basically. Um, yeah. WordPress is open source. It's flexible. You can do a base, like a, a budget site and have just your bare bones mm -hmm. And then you can build on it anytime, but the price doesn't increase. So with Wix, if you want to add in a new feature, you have to go onto a new plan. With yeah. WordPress, you have to pay for the development, but then the rest of the cost, the fixed costs, stay the same. I see. You could add in a store, you could add in membership, you could add in a community, and you're not going to be extorted for, I don't know, £100 a month to have, the, have those features with Wix. 
Um, yeah. Also, the S my, my is, is a lot better. Sorry, my weeks is paid until February, so I still have to, to wait a little until then. It's not a point I cancel now. But I'm, I'm already, because I'm already thinking about it and how I'm going to do this transaction. So, mm. I mean, I'd, I'd advise. That's my, my main. Okay. I mean, you can always work with someone kind of October, November time, get the WordPress site built. Like, they won't charge you the hosting until it's live. So, you can get everything ready and then you can do the changeover, say, mid Jan, early Feb. Yeah, it's quite easy. Yeah, you can move your domain to WordPress and then you'll have the site up and ready and you could have tested it. You could have shown it to your family, for example. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if you want to just uh, email me, we can have a look at uh, your site. If there's any ways we can optimize it between now and uh, February as well. Okay, that's great. Thanks. In deference to Theo's aversion to Wix, he's not the only one. I've heard lots of people tell me that WordPress is better than Wix. So I think you're probably wise to move, Adriana. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, a lot of, because uh, I work a lot with health professionals, so my kind of main niche is kind of therapists and counsellors. And a lot of them start with Wix or Squarespace because it is quite easy and accessible. Like they know that in a weekend they can create something on Wix. But then after two years in the business, they come into me saying they're just not, nothing's coming from it. They're not getting the rankings they want. It's just yeah. it's so limited and it's so ring fenced in terms of what you can do um but i mean for, i have to say for a few uh, special cases square square uh, squarespace can be the good option because uh, if you only will ever need a showcase site squarespace can have some benefits wix for me is trash but wordpress is kind of like uh, where 90 percent of people should be it just it, it gives you so many opportunities i don't know uh, narinda are you are your sites on wordpress or wix so, I've, so when you talk about a sort of showcase site, when you just have a nice site with just some graphics on, it's very static, um, that's on Wix. Okay. It's very simple because um, it can be easily changed, but that's all it is. It's just a site with just pictures and some services that we offer. Uh, there's nothing interactive about it. There's no SEO. There's nothing at all. I mean, yeah, for SEO, Wix does have its own SEO, it's under the marketing section, um, its own SEO builder, but it is very, very limited. Um, I, can, there's a, I can give you a link. Actually, I think everyone should do this if you get a chance. I'm just going to share my screen for a second. Um, one sec. So there's a report you can run on your own site for free. As I mentioned, I use Neil Patel quite a lot. You can put your own website in there and it will tell you how you're doing for SEO. It will give you a basic report um, of changes and improvements you can make to your own site to help you be found, found on Google. And it literally is just neilpatel.com. And that way you can see um, if Wix is actually giving you any results, if, it's, if it's, there's any errors in terms of the way it's set up. Okay. But I mean, like for, yeah, for a showcase, it, it can work. It's just, it wouldn't be my kind of go-to. Yeah, our, our, our site is very, we, we run it off WordPress. Um, it's, a, it's an entire learning management system. We use a WPLMS theme. Mm -hmm. um, so it's all, all the courses are on there. There's a shop front using uh, WooCommerce so they can buy the courses. So it's all, so it is quite complicated and I run that myself. But uh, the marketing, um, we, we do a lot of what you've said. Um, so we've got a, uh, 
I, I use Canva, love Canva. Mm-hmm. Um, especially is because you can resize the images for the different platforms. Mm-hmm. It's all pre-prepared. So if you create an image in and you create it for Facebook and then you just change and it gives you a new version for Twitter, new ver- so you re- it automatically resizes it for the platform you're using, which is good. And I also use it for the, the headers for my blogs on the website as well, because you can create that. That's good. Um, but there's a few things I picked up that are, uh, that you know we will sort of use um when you were saying about the audio uh, recording to see how how things are um we've just started using an app called um otter io mm-hmm. uh, sorry otter ai um mm-hmm. and and that's really good because you can talk into it and it'll actually turn it into uh text that you can use as as, as text content so if you're out and about and you've got things in your head you can just talk into your phone and then it will convert it into Word or into a text document. And then you can use that. So say if you have to sort of remember it, write it down, type it, you just talk into your phone. And that is actually, um, we find that's really good for especially short things on the go. Um, Would you mind putting that in the chat? And what I'll do is in the actual marketing guide, I'll have that as a resource. Yeah, yeah. I'll find the link and I'll post the link in there. The only thing is I talk too much. I'll have too much text to go through. I think that's a really useful tool for when you're trying to like plan your business, get some ideas. Yeah, yeah, it's great on the, on the move. You can just pop it open. I got a thought. If you haven't got a text, you can just talk in. As long as you're confident enough talking out in public, it can be a bit mad sometimes. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, that, that's that's quite useful. Um, yeah, thank you for that. That's really good. Yeah, but most of the other stuff we, we sort of use, but I think it's, there's some things we maybe need to piece together. I think some of the stuff has been done maybe independently, so it may be that there's more of a a holistic approach to it so making sure we're doing all the things together so um yeah that was that was good just to sort of piece a lot of that together but i'll I'll post the link now um visma i know you said you had a content calendar would you want to go through that or (laughs) Uh, sorry you're muted no 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 not uh, it's just i uh on your recommendation so i went on uh, had a look on Neil Patel's website, and he had this very good article and very good guide how mm-hmm. how to structure the whole calendar. So he specifically talks there about um, editorial calendar. And then I looked, um, Hootsuite has a very good blog article as well, how to um, create a schedule calendar. So I was really uh, kind of looking at the top down. For me, it's two parts. Mm. Part one, decide what the strategy is first and then do the planning because it's very easy to get into and start creating content. And I have been uh, playing around and creating video content for quite a while, but it's all was kind of, um, yeah, it didn't really have a coherent structure. So what I need to do now is to put it all together and it's like, what is the core message that I want to communicate? To, to people and why, uh, why, who, who would be the people who would be interested in this and why, how it would help them in the, in the work that they do. Oh, that's really good. And also, pl- like obviously planning as well, because a lot of people, they'll write all the content and they won't really have that kind of time frame or that structure. So it's good that you're thinking about that first. Yeah, and, and the most important thing of, of anything is um, consistency which is my number one challenge. I'm, I'm the multitasker and I run, I run away with 
brilliant, another new brilliant idea that I have, but actually deciding video every, every week is probably looks doable to me today, hmm. but how will I feel about it in three months time when I bog down with other things? So I'm thinking I'll start small, you know, if I can publish content every two weeks, hmm. but do it consistently then I'll stick with that. I think that's the number one rule, really, for me at least. Yeah, I think, um, two things. So for my, for my social, for my content, I always set a day and a time. So I know that every Friday, 12 o'clock, I do this. Every Monday morning, I'll write the event announcement for the next event. So having that blocked out bit of time kind of gives you that structure. Mm. Um, but also, if you've got all these different ideas, um, again, thinking of only allowing yourself a certain amount of time to focus on them, so I predominantly do websites and digital marketing, but I'm in the process of setting up a hosting hosting company by direct debit, a membership company for therapists, um, an event for uh, crafters and makers, and then potentially looking at like a co-working space for them. But I know that I can only dedicate like half a day per week for everything else. Mm -hmm. so you want to have your core business and then allocated time to kind of venture off and have all those those dreams and those ideas. Because I think, yeah, for me, like the, the, the membership of hosting is going to hopefully be huge. Unfortunately, in my experience, the dreams and ideas don't come at the requisite moments. <laughs> there are bad times when you're trying to do something else. But that's another story. Um, I, think, I think that there's another general comment I'd make, and it's more of a business thing. I think for those of you that are early in the journey in terms of starting your businesses, actually awareness you need awareness, even if it isn't all that well-directed, if you like, because you're going to have to probably tweak your story based on the kind of reactions you're getting. Because it's one thing to plan it and say, those are the people that are going to like what I'm doing or want what I'm doing. But inevitably, you'll find that there's some variations on that. And actually, some people like other things more than... And so don't get too bogged down in, you know, I've got to have this perfect story get it to a point where you have confidence and go with that. Because I was thinking, Zita, for example, you said, you know, I'm not going to worry too much about SEO. And I thought, well, actually, no, you must. Because when somebody types in the key words, you want them to, you, you need to be first, right? Because you've got the combination that they're looking for. So a small amount of SEO might get you part of the way there. I mean, I'm not suggesting you go through the full exercise that Theo had kind of mapped out, but enough to make sure that, you know, the key words that matter to you are out there for the audience to hook onto. You know, whether that's design, whether it's sustainability, I don't know enough about the detail. But as I say, when Vatsi spoke, that, that sustainability thing is what hooked me, mm. right? So, you know, there are going to be other people for whom that will work. And you need to make sure that you do the minimum that those hooks can work for you. Uh, maybe haven't explained that very well, but I think you know what oh, I'm getting. I understand. Getting. No, I understand. I appreciate that. Thank you. I understand. Yeah, and I think with um, with SEO, like even just so everything's in your menu. If you look at your website, everything someone can click on at the top, you should take twenty minutes, thirty minutes to go and make sure the SEO for those pages they called uh, pillar content, and they're the ones that are Google are going to prioritize first. They're the ones that people are going to go to. Um, it is really worth just checking those over. I mean, you could obviously do it yourself, use someone like me, or if you wanted to, you can outsource it to something like Fiverr or Upwork, if depending on your budgets. But just having like the basics, like the groundwork there, as, as Im said, is really helpful. And also, um, 
about monitoring. So I know with Visma, you said um, they want consistency, but every for every milestone, for every new kind of leap in your business, you need to monitor what's working. I'm doing, well, it's called apparently a board review, but every three to six months to go back and work out if you want to still be doing the same thing, if you want to mix things up. Um, you can use tracking software to help you to then uh, monitor those things. But I know Azim, you'd probably say the same, like every, at least every year, but every six months, review the entire business. Yeah, sorry, definitely. Uh, I mean, I mean, this one's point was right. You know, what you measure is what gets get, gets done. Mm. So you've got to keep thinking, am I measuring the right things? Am I focusing in the right place? And, and then from my point of view, that's about having that longer term ambition. I mean, one of the things I say to anybody who, who is trying to start a business or run a business is actually take a day or half a day out and think, where would I ideally like to be in 12 months' time? What would that look like? You know, do I need another person selling for me? Do I need to create a better website? Whatever it is, I've got some things I would need to do to be in that place. And then figure out how you're going to make that happen over that period of time. So you've got some big steps that you can focus on. Did I get that done? Did I not get that done? You know, if you didn't get it done, there might be a very good reason and you can pivot accordingly. But I think those regular reviews really help. Because let's face it, as we all know, running a business is really difficult, right? You've got so many things you have to take care of. Anything that helps you narrow that down to some critical things is going to help. I mean, I'm, I'm, you, know, you talk about being organized. I'm a sucker for that. You know, somebody gives me a small task and it's great. I'm helping a client. Let me just do it. It's like, no, they don't need that much. Just give them the minimum they need and move on to the next thing but you get sucked into, and it's easier to do the thing you're working on and not to move on to the next thing, which may be actually more important. So what I find is, yeah, I had things to do today. We're halfway through the day, and guess what? Some of them ain't been done yet. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's just the way it seems to happen. And I think most of us are very unrealistic about how long it takes to do a task. So you think, yeah, I'll cover that this morning. I can do those three things this morning. And then suddenly somebody's phoned you in between. Right, or you've had something, something's cropped up, and then suddenly you think, Oh, god, I've only got one of those done now, I'm behind, and that just puts you under more pressure. So, I, I that's me personally, I'm sure other people are much more organized, but but I think it's something we all struggle with. And that's actually been a feature of nearly every single one of these, somewhere like yourself or Jeannie, or we actually had a whole one on productivity, but just managing your time and knowing when you should shift from task to task. <laughs> I want to add something that I am for many years I have been asking myself a question when I get stuck and I think how can I get this done how can I do it and I would go and learn something I'm very much a DIY person I like to learn how to do this myself <laughs> well, I don't know I, I'm sure quite a few people are like that but very recently I started myself asking myself a different question and I think that is a much better question. And the question is, who can do this? Absolutely. And for me, letting go is very difficult. Absolutely. <laughs> the only difficulty with that is, is you need to understand enough mm. to be able to manage the person who's going to do it for you. Mm. Otherwise, you've no idea whether you're getting a good service or not. Yeah. So the, the self-learning bit is really important. Get a handle on what it is you need to achieve from that task, right? 
but then, yeah, recognize the point at which to say, actually, I'm better off getting somebody else to do that for me. And then you can turn to another of your good ideas um, and, and narrow that one down too. I'm sure that's the right way forward. Mm, I agree, yeah. I mean, especially just finding if it's an intern or if it's something of Upwork or an associate, you need people to support your business. Especially like if you want to grow more than just getting paid per hour, you need to see a way to have more, basically more hours in the day. If you get three people doing 10 hours a day, then you can expand a lot quicker. But I think as yeah. as you said, like trusting them and actually getting them on board and as part of like your kind of team and your mindset is quite tough. But that, that is another central question for all of us that are trying to build something, right? You've got to have that hook. And there's a famous book, I think it was written many years ago. It's called Think and Grow Rich. And the concept is you start from the thought that is enough to get somebody else alongside you, right? You have a powerful enough story to tell somebody, so somebody else wants to be part of that journey. And, and it's almost as simple as that, right? You know, when you want to hire your first employee, you've got to find somebody with as much passion as you have, or a partner or somebody to work with. But if you don't have that spark for them to align to, in fact, funny enough, there was a post on LinkedIn today about somebody complaining, a friend of mine who's a recruiter, well, I expect friend is a bit strong, somebody I know reasonably well, um, because now in lockdown, you're losing touch with everybody. But um, he said, you know, the CVs are a waste of time. It's the wrong way to recruit, and he's in HR. And I think he's absolutely right. But the reality is, it's just as much about the recruiters not thinking about what they really want. Because if you could have that discussion and allow both sides to spark off each other and see if there is a connection, you'd probably get a better hire. Mm. Um, and I think there's, that's a, there's a lot of that going on at the moment because everybody's isolated. Um, and, and we need to find ways to bridge some of those gaps. Mm. Anyway, listen, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think I have to call it a day. We're coming up to 1.30 or 1.20. And uh, I've got a 1.30 that I've got to prepare for. No, so thank you all very much. I apologize if I spoke too much, as always. <laughs> but um, very enjoyable, Theo. Thank you. And good to catch up with you all. And look forward to seeing you again. See you in two good weeks. to meet you, Azim. Thank Thanks you. for coming. Yeah. Bye. Has anyone else got any kind of questions or anything to add before we close? Yeah. No. That was very informative. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank that you. Was, that was good. Uh, yeah, if you've got Thank any, you like, very much. no worries. Any questions, you get any ideas afterwards, just email me. Brilliant. Be in touch. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining. Okay, have a great Thank weekend, you. everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.